0: everybody eve harrow rejuvenation on the land of israel network it is tuesday august 8th 2023 the 21st day of Av, 5783 i've been all over the place this last week had three barbecues for an israel fund englewood lawrence great neck shabbat in the hamptons we'll fill you guys in on that maybe some other time and now i find myself in a beautiful part of northern california with a fellow traveler. I have interviewed him before, Dale Deber. Um, I think we've talked about his journey to Judaism, a whole lot of other things. But today we're going to talk about some less pleasant stuff, politics in America, COVID, all that fun stuff. So Dale is a former campaign strategist who's retired kind of the way I'm going to retire and a lot of you are going to retire, meaning you just get busy with a whole lot of other things. I am speaking tonight at an event that he arranged at Chabad in Folsom. I always associate Folsom with jail because I grew up in California. Johnny Cash.
1: Johnny Cash was in Folsom prison. Of course you do. Okay. But drive by that prison on the way to Chabad.
0: That's great. But hopefully it'll go a little differently. Anyway. So if you happen by any chance to be in Folsom tonight at Chabad, 730, of course, that's California time, which is probably not where you're listening from. Then drop in and say hello. Anyway, Dale, you, uh, I guess let's get this part out of the way. The American elections, what are you thinking? Uh,
1: So, first of all, as we sit here today, we are more than five months away from the first voting and the first four states, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada. And what you are seeing in the media, both right and left, is very... You know, it's never been like this because what you what you have going on is, uh, from the left, and so we just be really clear up front. Okay, I voted for Trump twice. I will not vote for him again. Just so everybody, I want to have perspective here.
0: Okay. And you are probably not alone. I would say I, in I'm that camp. Not,
1: no, I am. Yeah. I am not. And and uh, I I think what we're seeing from the left is something that we've never really seen in America, and it is a brilliant strategy. Um, on one hand, they they fight better than the right. So on yeah, we one, have that in Israel too. Yeah, I know. Mm. Um, on On one hand, you have them tearing down former President Trump, and indicting him and saying he's a crook, and we can address those issues in a minute. And on the other hand, they're promoting him, and so what you see them doing is very subtle. They're doing their best to have the right-wing people. I thought I had turned it off.
0: Oh, right, so, I mean, I would think that's actually brilliant. Promote somebody that you know can't we'll lose. you.
1: Will <laughs> lose. They are promoting him so that he will lose. So what they're doing is with all the, in, what they thought they were doing with all the indictments, what they say they're doing first is they say they're going to stop him from being president. But what they are really doing is they are generating... They're, well, no, it's not buzz. They're generating loyalty to Trump. And so what we're seeing, and I'll talk about the polling in a second, but you have this whole group of people who when Trump speaks, they believe. Mm-hmm. It's almost a cult. And um, and they're, they're, they're the primary voters. They're principally primary voters. And so what they have done is the left is really badly screw with the uh, Republican Party. So you have them helping to raise him by indicting him and all the other stuff they do, and by the polling, which is completely out of whack, and I'll talk about the polling in a minute, so I'm going to come back to the polling, and simultaneously what they are doing is convincing Democrats, independent voters, and moderate Republicans that the guy is a kook. And so if they can get him nominated, there's no way he wins. Because, of course, being the petulant child narcissist that he is, I bet I've just made a whole bunch of your listeners mad.
0: No, not necessarily. Uh, And anyhow, anybody who listens to the show knows they're not going to hear things that they like, but they're going to have to think about it, which is fine. uh,
1: And, and, you know, I voted for him twice. So Mm. it's with a heavy heart Mm -hmm. that we... We have to come to this conclusion. But, so what you see is, should he be nominated? And I don't believe that he will. Okay. Um, you don't
0: believe that he will because the Republicans won't nominate him or because because he'll be indicted?
1: Well, he's been indicted I mean, three no, times. Yeah. He's going to be indicted at least yeah. one more time. Uh, and there now there's talk of some class action lawsuits, mm-hmm, which we can mm-hmm. talk about. I don't think he'll be nominated because I don't think he's going to win the primaries. Okay. And um, and I, this is, now that brings us to the polling. So we're seeing these polls, forget what he says, because
0: there's spin on every side. Yeah. Uh,
1: he's if you could see Dale's face, it's
0: like a mixture of disgust and chagrin and whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I've read polls for 30 years. You know, when someone says, Trump has 54% and DeSantis has 15%. First thing you have to do is look at what's called the cross tabs. The cross tabs are who did they ask? What are the, what's the demography? What are the demographics of the people that they asked? And what were the questions? Mm. Okay, so if you ask this question, you can ask the question 20 different ways. And if you are a Trump pollster, you are going to ask the question in order to get a Trump answer. And Zoe, our geriatric cat, has decided to join the podcast.
0: And she clearly doesn't like the topic either. (laughs) (laughs) Who says animals aren't very, very smart. She is
1: immune. So So, really, you're lucky our cows aren't joining.
0: So who do you think might win the nomination?
1: Well, let me me finish with the polling because I think that that sets up who's likely at this time, five months out mm. to win. And, and there's another issue too, which is finances. So we gotta look at those two things and then let's talk about who can win. So finishing off the polling, when you examine closely the crosstabs, what you find is uh, in the poll Trump, in the polls that are very pro-Trump, that are paid for by Trump, they ask people over 75 who aren't paying attention, they ask people in rural areas who are pro trump because that's his appeal and they're so the they're skewed they're not getting a cross section of 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 voters they're also asking in some cases republicans but not likely primary voters huge massive difference
0: what's a primary voter
1: so in america as you know we have primary elections oh okay so there's, there's oh, you thought gotcha. primary like principle. Yes. Um, so you, in Ohio, you have X number of Republicans, some percentage of which will go to the caucuses and vote. Okay. Primary. Vote
0: voters. in the primaries.
1: Vote gotcha. in the primary. People gotcha. who vote in the primary. So you can ask general Republicans. You can ask people who vote in the primary. Or you can ask independents. Um, if I want an anti-Trump vote poll, I'm going to ask young Republicans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So the idea in a poll is to get a realistic look, is to look at a broad cross-section. Now this year, the pollsters have it harder than they have ever had it because A, who has a home phone and B, who wants to talk to a pollster. And they're trying to knock on doors and it's not working. So I'm not too convinced with a lot of the polling that I see. Now I have seen very reliable polling by very reliable pollsters, where I've examined carefully with, with some of my friends around the country, the crosstabs. When I look at those polls, I see that the, the space, the number of points between Trump, who's more like 25% or 35%, and DeSantis is very tight. And depending on the state, you're talking about three, four, five points to 10 points. So even if we say 10 points. At, at this time, a national poll means nothing because everybody, all candidates are focused on those four primary states. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about dollars because this is really important. Recently, about a week ago or two weeks ago, out came the financial statements from the campaigns, the PACs, all and all of those people. So when I talk about these for Trump or for DeSantis or for anybody else, I'm going to put them all together. So all of Trump's four campaign organizations together have, at the end of June, $32 million left. You can contrast that with Governor DeSantis, who has $98.5 million left. Wow,
0: three times as much.
1: It is huge because of what you can do in four states with $100 million. More importantly, out came the news that Trump was spending, um, he spent in the last quarter, so the quarter ending in June, he spent $40.2 million on his personal defense. From the indictments, he spent money on that E. Jean Jean Carroll woman Mm -hmm. who accused him of rape and defamation, and he lost the lawsuit. He has to give her $5 million and he's appealing and blah, blah. Donors, campaign donors, who had no idea that that's what they were paying for, were paying for his defense. More importantly, during that quarter where he spent $40.2 million, he only raised $20 million. So you see-
0: So his campaign could go broke? I mean, it could be that simple?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, it could. I don't know that I would predict that because he's pretty he's
0: got some deep pockets. Yeah. Well,
1: he his pockets may not be so deep if mm-hmm. you want to talk about that because if you think about what's going on in real estate, let's take Trump out of the picture for a moment and look right. at the city of San Francisco, mm-hmm. where two major hotels have given their property back to their bank, and Westfield um, mm-hmm. uh, shopping center, mm-hmm. the mall. Gave their property back to the bank because they just can't pay for it anymore. And you have three, you have buildings that sold for $300 million, office buildings that are now on the market for $60 million. So let's now go look at what Trump holds. Trump holds very large buildings in very blue cities. They're all, the cities are in trouble. Now, Trump has some smart things that he did, Mm -hmm. he built residential. They're condos. He's probably not in trouble like some of the others. But until we can find out more, we really don't know. What we do know is he's not spending his own money.
0: Well, if I was a Trump campaign contributor right now, I would not be happy.
1: Well, I think a lot of people aren't happy. And I think we've seen... It might be some of my listeners. I I think we've seen... Well, you know, look... The man did wonderful things. Mm-hmm. The man can appeal to me. I, I still watch him. And you, know, you want to fall in love with this guy because he says things that we all feel. Well, like it
0: is an Israeli. I mean, moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem was huge. The Abraham Accords, which he facilitated, if you will, right so during his administration.
1: Because I'll tell you all okay. the stuff he did wrong. Okay. We sat here and watched his speech when he announced that he was gonna, going to, move the embassy Mm -hmm. to jerusalem Jerusalem. and let's just be clear here i was at the white house the day we opened the embassy as an invited guest in jerusalem so you know i'm definitely a republican i was Mm -hmm. definitely you know a trump guy but when i listened to his speech i was all excited and i'm like oh man this is great i was here with my wife and at the end of the speech i was furious completely furious because at the end of the speech what he said is the Jews will pray at the wall and the Arabs will pray at the top and I, I'm a Zionist mm. I'm not going for it and I was yelling meaning was, the Jews don't get the Temple Mount the Jews right. don't get the Temple Mount right. I was angry and then let's remember this guy who I now refer to as a BDG a big dumb goy my mm. wife gets mad mm. um, his whole point, the way he sold the Accords, and it's kind of what Biden is doing now is he said, we're going to give the Palestinians a state, but first we've got to calm things down between all you Arab guys and Israel mm-hmm. so that Israel isn't afraid to have a Palestinian state. And that was his sales pitch for he and Mr. Kushner. And I'm not, you know, I I'm not gonna go there. I think it's just a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. Contrast that, with Governor DeSantis, who was, when he was in Jerusalem, said that Jerusalem is the undivided capital of the state of Israel. Right. And there is a huge difference here. And those, that one sentence Trump would never say. Mm-hmm. So Trump acted like our friend and the accords are a good thing. Yeah. And he kept peace. Did he stop the Iranians? No. Did he build the wall? No. Mm-hmm. Did he balance the budget in the United States? No. Did he stop running up the the deficit? No, by $8.2 trillion, mm-hmm. he ran up the deficit. Um, so, you know, one side of his mouth right. is talking and the other side of his mouth is doing and Okay,
0: so assuming that Trump doesn't get the nomination, so you've talked about DeSantis, and at least vis-a-vis Israel, he sounds solid. Anybody else out there? When I was on the East Coast, people were talking about Scott.
1: Senator Scott is a really nice man. Uh, He is single. He is black. He checks off some of the woke um, for Republican Mm -hmm. boxes. Uh, He's won his Senate seat twice. Uh, He came into the campaign with $20 million. Uh, many of us think that he is in the campaign for only one reason, and that is to suck votes away from Trump's competitors like DeSantis, mm-hmm. who, if we can, if they can hold DeSantis down, Trump gets, you know, right, the right. greater percentage. Um, I'm he's wider than he is deep. If you listen carefully to him or read his speeches, I like to read them because I get I get more from them now. Nikki Haley, I would be very comfortable with with um, Ambassador Haley as uh, president or vice mm-hmm. president. She's she's very strong on Israel. If that's your biggest thing, right. it's one of my one of my biggest things. Economics is one of my biggest things, but we're in a place in America, I think, where um, I think what I see is DeSantis getting the nomination. <sighs> this is a generational change election you're not going to see biden get the nomination you're going to see somebody horrific like uh, governor newsom of california or somebody like him likely him actually he's clearly quietly not announced but running he's raising money he's
0: though california is completely falling apart
1: completely falling apart and has horrific policies uh governor newsom signed a bill that permits Twenty-four-year-old adults to have sex with fourteen-year-old, generally boys. Uh, he signed. Uh, he's just signed horrific bills. And of course, in California, we have CRT in our schools. Mandatorily, they are teaching that. Um, um, like at Princeton, they are teaching that the Palestinians are a uh, put upon people. I'm yes, going to be we're harvesting
0: idea. their their organs daily. Yeah, yeah, all the you know, lies that are main, that have become mainstream. I mean, it's really unbelievable. I think I mentioned to you that last week I had a really depressing show and interviewed Rachel Ehrenfeld on Soros, and a lot of this is – I don't want to revisit that, but that a lot of this is being fomented by him and a lot of the stuff that's happening in America. So, I mean, are you seeing – as as an American, are you seeing this is a critical election? I know we say that about every single election, but is an America at some kind of tipping point here?
1: I think America's at a tipping point. I don't think we can stop it. I think we we can't on, on a number of fronts. On an economic front, there is no way America can ever pay back its debt. It is not a matter of- To? Its debt. Its sovereign to, debt. To whom? Its China? To, 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 to everybody who buys U.S. bonds. Okay treasury bonds. So it's foreign countries, it's Americans, it's everybody. We owe over $30 trillion. The bond is going up by, I mean, the debt is going up by billions of dollars a day, and there's no way that we can stop it. And so um, America will default on her sovereign debt. We just had Fitch just lowered our uh, rating to from AAA to AA+. Uh, because they're afraid to go to what it ought to be which is probably a B plus so
0: what but, does that mean defaulting on debt like we sell off Wyoming what happens
1: <laughs> well uh, different countries have handled it differently I would liken us to to um, um Argentina where we have uh out of control inflation and bread this week is you know fifty dollars a loaf and next week it's a hundred dollars a loaf I think that is something that may, is not for sure, but something like that may be in America's future. That default, <coughs> excuse me, that default is very critical because as most people recognize, the dollar is the reserve currency in the world. And what that means is that transactions between other countries happen in dollars. And what that means is that there's three times the number of dollars outside of the United States, as there are inside of the United States. But we have something called the BRICS countries. B R I C. Brazil,
0: yes. Russia, India, and China,
1: and South Africa. South Africa. Okay. There's an S at the end. And the BRICS countries during the Obama administration created a currency they didn't trade in it, and they started buying gold and they announced they are going to have a gold-backed reserve currency. One of the reasons that the United States has the reserve currency is that proportionate to the rest of the world, we have a larger gross national product. Our, Our economic power in the world, the U.S., is very high. Under Obama, it came down, 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 and got literally within one point, we got within one point of losing our ability to be the reserve currency. And that's why that election, besides between Trump and mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton, was so critical. Besides the Supreme Court, we would have lost our currency. They, they're working, I believe, to destroy uh, the Western culture. That's part of the Soros thing but it's also happened. so that
0: can got kicked down the road by a few years but now we're now back Now we're back
1: and and biden picked up where uh obama left off the first thing he did is cancel one of the many things that trump did well which was making us energy independent mm-hmm. um um biden has put us strategically in a very bad position if there's going to be a war we have no oil reserves we we are not creating new uh, battleships um, horrible things and so we are heading again down this path of losing the dollar as a reserve currency today uh, many countries India and Saudi Arabia among them are trading in oil in Chinese yuan. they're already left the dollar they've already left the dollar later this month which is August, what year are we in? August 2023.
0: 2023
1: still, yeah. Um, Later this month, the BRIC countries are meeting and they're going to take some actions. 130 countries have applied to become members of the BRIC consortium. So the outlook for the dollar is bleak in my estimation. I don't know where to put money. And uh, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not financial enough to know what to do with it, but I'm going to start working on that. I don't think it's an imminent thing, but it is, it is a... Uh, well,
0: they might be waiting for the results of the American elections also.
1: Um, I don't know that that's true because I don't think America has the power in the world that it it mm. did once. I don't think America's word is good. I don't think when America says we will protect you Taiwan, we will protect you Israel. I don't know that that uh, under this administration that it will. And um, they make a lot of noise, they do a lot of things. <clears throat> in the end, uh, I'm not so sure uh, what, what happens.
0: Well, you know, the big empty place here and what we're discussing is the lack of Europe. In all of this, so of European, do they count anymore?
1: In my in my nastier moments, mm-hmm. uh, I say that Europe traded its Jews and it's getting what it deserved. Um, but it's a bigger problem than that, and we have to take it very seriously because it's not just Europe. It's not just Europe that has been invaded. Uh, it is Scandinavia. Right. Uh, you, you have rape statistics, and, uh, and other crime statistics in Sweden, which was near zero to now one of the highest in, in the world. Oh,
0: so you're talking about the Muslim and African invasion of Europe, the physical actually turning over the, the, of Europe. But I'm saying here in terms of, in terms of there being players on the world stage, economically or with anything. I mean, we've been talking about the United States, Russia, India, China, Is the European Union almost irrelevant when it comes to anything really important now?
1: No, but what you have is an entire unelected group of people Mm -hmm. called the European Union, which are uh, globalists, which are now dictating the 30% of the farms be stopped and in fact John Kerry just said that about the United States. I don't know how they think they're going to feed people.
0: Isn't that kind of the basic like if you go really way back into history that's all it's about is feeding people
1: It is about feeding people and if we can't feed our people what happens? There's okay. mass starvation and of course they want less people because of globalist warming or whatever their economic thing is and so you see I'm sure you had I didn't hear your podcast last mm. week slap my hand. It's okay. And she did it, folks. And um, um, she, I think you know what, what you are seeing is not. Yeah, look at it broader than economically. Look at the end of Western culture. Look at the invasion of these people into Europe, and what they're doing to Europe, which is first destroying the the welfare system, the social um, uh, the support system. Right which destroys the economy. And then look at the United States. We have had, since Biden came in, I don't care what the media says, the real statistics are that we have had almost 10 million people enter the United States illegally. We don't know how many came that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And they are not people from Mexico or South America. They are people from China and Africa and all over the world and because the word is out that we have an open border and do I blame people for coming to the United States and you know we we have the reputation of being the shining you know the freedom right. come here and like our parents did mm-hmm. you know my ancestors came here with oh, nothing oh this is a
0: great country I and, mean, and, period, and this have, is maybe the greatest country that ever existed.
1: And they're going to destroy it. And mm-hmm. so in in my estimation, we're losing the culture. So you have an economic war, you have a culture war, you you have all of this going on simultaneously. So moving back to the question you asked about the election, frankly, at my age, I'm amazing I'm amazed I can Sir, remember now. it. Yeah. Um, but going back to that question, is this a critical election? Yes and no. Yes, because they can stop some of this. No, because, like with Trump, it's it's a delay. Mm-hmm. They're not, the left is not going to stop. They're not going to stop with the woke stuff. They're not going to stop with white people are bad and shouldn't breed. I've had white kids tell me I'm not going to have children because, you know,
0: continue my privileged status into the next generation. Yeah. How could I? Y-
1: you yeah. know, and you're seeing you're seeing the uh, black community being taught to hate not only whites but Jews. Um, we are seeing incidents in the United States m- more than seven, so more than one a day of Jews being attacked.
0: Oh, it's much more than that. Uh, uh, virtually nothing is being reported. I'm seeing some of what's really going
1: on. It is very frightening. It is frightening. All you have to do is go to Crown Heights. Yeah. Um and um and so you know, this is going to get much worse. Mm -hmm. And so for people like me who wear a kippah everywhere we go and frequently sit seat, um, it's, you know, I live out in the sticks and people have never seen a Jew in some cases. I I get mistaken for a messianic Jew. I always appreciate that. Um, Great story. Would you like a great story? I'm at the White House for the opening of the embassy and I'm kind of in the front of where the audience was going to sit kind of meeting people and stuff and and this very nice man comes up and he's really shaking my hand and calling me brother and clearly a very Christian uh, man. And, and I looked at him and said, why are you calling me brother? And he said, well, you're a Messianic, loudly, Aww. you're a Messianic Jew, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm a real Jew, at which point all the Jews in the audience laughed. I mean, it, yeah. was, a, it was a wonderful moment and he is a, now a friend. Um, and, um, but I've had that happen on airplanes, you know, it's, right.
0: it's, well, I, I would say like kind of God, people find each other here and, and there. It's,
1: it's a good thing. And in here in Northern California, where it is very Christian area, uh, we, um, we get respect as long as we're, you know, people will ask how come all Jews vote mm-hmm. democratic or, you know, do you really run yeah. the banks? I actually got asked once if somebody could see my horns. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. um uh, But there,
0: there is most definitely a, a common alliance at some point. I would say here, really, against a lot of the craziness that's happening all around us. So people <laughs> talk about Western culture to initially, anyway. It was biblical culture. I mean, that's what this country was founded on. Absolutely, those and mores.
1: Absolutely, and and I think that you know, people of faith, all of us who are people of faith, we need to stick together. And mm-hmm. um, and I think this is becoming pretty obvious yeah. um
0: yeah and people are interpreting in different ways from gogomagog, magog you know the famous battles of armageddon to uh to all kinds of things but you know i think a lot of the what comes down to what you're saying here also about the polling and also about what's happening in the states like who can you trust okay and the more information gets out there now for all of us the information is one click away and most of it isn't true and this has become a major major I mean, I can just tell you what happens around my table at home, and the difference of opinions, which is great and which is fine. Believe it or not, I taught many children how to think for themselves, which means they think nothing like I do. Now, some of them do, but but in all honesty, what do you base and and so what's come out now just in the last couple of weeks, and and I think we need to talk about it is the whole pandemic, the whole a lot of the data that came out about the vaccines, Fauci. You know, I remember because my husband's a physician, as you know, having this discussion with him at the height of that pandemic when he was insisting that we all get the vaccines. And I had a couple of kids who absolutely refused. And there were some really, really tough arguments in my house, as I know they were in many homes. And I said to him, why? And he said, I have to believe in something. I'm a physician. I was trained in the medical sphere. And if this is what they're telling us to do, I have to believe it. And now it turns out that on something as basic as like human lives, we were lied to. The data wasn't the data. The research wasn't the research. The The source of this pandemic, it turns out, was not what we were told. I mean, what do you say about that? And this is big. This is really, really big.
1: It's one of many really, as, as uh, Ed Sullivan would say, really, really big things. Uh. And part of this is you saw the government, and this is probably the scariest part of the whole thing, is that you saw not only the government lie, governments lie, That's part of statecraft. We expect them to lie. But what you saw is the control of social media at a level heretofore unheard of in any country except China. And what is coming out now in the United States on the uh, both the Trump administration, and the Biden administration is is horrific. And let's make no mistake that Trump started this. Trump started with the lockdowns. Trump Trump is the guy who trusted Dr. fauci and Dr. Burke. Remember her mm-hmm. And um, and part of that is because as an ADD person, sometimes I don't do my homework. Um, and it, you know the the presidency requires that you, Do your homework that you don't believe the people who come in and tell you things, and that you have people who come in and. um, You have to
0: trust your advisors, is what you're saying. President can't look over every single
1: memo. You've got, well, the president gets probably 700 pages a day to read. I don't think that's that big, and um, and President Bush did that the younger. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure President Bush, the older, because you, you have to have this education to analyze it because I don't know your experience, but my experience is that when I read the executive summary of something, you don't really get the details. And one of those details is something that can change your mind. So as a CEO today, when my staff comes to me and says, um, what I like is when one guy says we should do this, And another guy says, no, we shouldn't, we should do this. I love those discussions and sometimes we have them, but when my staff comes to me and says, we should do something and they're unified, that's when the questions start coming out. What about this? What about that? Have you thought of this? Because I want to look at whatever the idea is deeply. This is what Trump failed to do. Uh, Is it a conspiracy? You know, this goes to journalism and I love Twitter. I'm not so big on Facebook, but I'm, I'm a trained journalist. Who, what, where, when, why, how, who's your source? Um, trained journalists can have a source. If you're not a trained journalist, I don't believe you have a source, period. The end.com, as my now grown-up daughter said when she was 10. And um, I think that it's really important that we have a critical eye towards both the yaysayers and the naysayers. So I talked to my doctors at some of the best uh, organizations in the world about this. Um, There's no question that the vaccine has caused some damage, but there's no question that all vaccines occasionally cause some damage. And that's, as one doctor told me, it's kind of a numbers game. If we're gonna, if we're going to give a vaccine to 20 million people and a thousand people are hurt by it, we did good. Mm -hmm. And they, you you know, they look at it. It's statistics. Yeah. They they look at it a little bit differently. We look at it as an individual. They, they really can't afford Mm -hmm. to in on, on that level. And so is it a conspiracy? Is Fauci part of the Bill Gates? Do I have the proof? No. Do I think it's probably true? Yeah. I think it's probably true. I think my understanding of how the world works, I think Trump got conned and and it hurt the world and by the left because the left wanted to experiment with a lockdown. Are we going to see more lockdowns? You know, you can go on Twitter and people say, oh, we're going to have global warming lockdowns. We're going to have another pandemic. We're going to have, well, I don't know what we're going to have. The um, so Israelis got caught in this big
0: time because we basically were the experiment for the world when it well, came you to the a, vaccines and to the lockdown.
1: You had a very, we in Israel, we have a relatively closed culture. It could be experimented. Mm-hmm. They can.
0: The medical records are all online. Everything is computerized. They can measure this
1: over 20 years, which is what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're not going to know the truth for another 10 or 15 or 20 years on on the damage of this vaccine. Now, I will tell you, because I have spoken with many experts, that the idea of this vaccine, of an mRNA vaccine, if fully developed in a number of years, that that they could create it to target a specific disease or cancer or without harming the rest of the body, I think it has a great promise. Did they do that? No. Did they rush it through? Remember, Mm -hmm. I can just remember, we got it through the FDA. The FDA didn't want to do it. And, And now what has come out is this Walensky woman who is head of the CDC said that all of the measurements of deaths from COVID were wrong that the United States was reporting a little over a million people dead. Um, it was around 200,000. Um, I have a son-in-law who is a fireman, and he told us time after time you would get somebody killed in a in a motorcycle mm-hmm. accident. They- the They cause, tested
0: positive for COVID. It was listed that that's what they That doing.
1: Because the hospital got right. money. Because right. the way the government set it up was right. to generate lies. Right. And that that's not a conspiracy, that's a fact. So we have to separate the facts from the conspiracy. And one of the problems that I have on social media is something that's called citizen journalism. You know, I trained for a long time to be a journalist. I know the rules, if you will. I know how- and you're
0: still super involved.
1: i you do every involved. Day. We have publications. I edit my publications. Um, and- mm. And my reporters are as good as any reporter in the country and we're very careful. And you know, do we make a mistake? Yeah, we apologize, but not often. And do we follow the journalism rules? Yes, and the first journalism rule is, it's not about me. And the second journalism rule is, there's no opinions involved. Mm -hmm. So when you read something and it has an opinion and it's an opinion you agree with, that's the one you gotta question.
0: Unless it's on the editorial page, but that's where it belongs. Right,
1: that's not right. journalism. Right, right. That's a commentary. And so I, I look at uh, as a journalist, I, I feel obligated to watch from time to time all of the various uh, TV journalists. There are a few really good ones. Like Catherine Herridge on CBS, brilliant journalist. Uh, Chad, uh, I think it's Pelgrim who covers Capitol Hill on Fox wonderful journalist. Uh, in fact, they used to work together. He was her producer. Um, there are a few really good journalists out there, but they're few and far between. We have to realize that people like uh, that woman on MSNBC, um, I can't think of her name, okay. uh, or Hannity or Ingram, these are not journalists. These are radio talk show hosts. They have an opinion. They're going to express their opinion. It may or may not be in reality. Um, and they're going to push on their listeners what they believe. And they have a narrative. And that's, that's mm-hmm. their story. Um, part of what they're pushing right now are these polls saying Trump's ahead. He's right. not that far ahead. Right. And I don't think he's going to win Iowa. Right. And I don't think he's going to win New Hampshire. I, too early to talk about. Uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and too early to talk about Nevada, and too early to talk about Super Tuesday, but uh, and too early to talk about California. But the fact of the matter is, Trump has very few, like very few, campaign staff. This is a presidential campaign, for God's sakes. Um, the The good campaigns have sixty, seventy people, which is one campaign. Right? Does
0: now. Nikki Haley have a Nikki good campaign Healy staff?
1: Is short on money. She has a small but feisty staff, but she can't put people knocking on doors. Uh, DeSantis has door knockers in the critical states. They're going out and knocking on a door and hi, I'm from the DeSantis campaign and here's some materials. And do you like Trump? Do you like DeSantis? They engage people in a discussion. Um, there are uh, a number of people in campaigns in, in the Republican Party around uh, right, You have to understand, right now is not about votes. Right now, between now and July of 2024, is about one thing, delegate votes at the convention. That's the only thing that's important is getting that nomination. It doesn't matter right. if you win Wyoming or if you win, What you, what matters is that you get the most delegates. And some states are caucus states where people meet in their precinct and they take a vote or they go in all day and vote, it's all different and all states are very different. It's not mm-hmm. it's not, you know as simple as Israel. And some of the voting is on paper, some of it they have machines. It's all weird. And uh, New Hampshire votes all in one day.
0: Can it be manipulated though, which was a concern in the last election that the whole election was manipulated?
1: I don't want to say that Trump won the election. Was the election manipulated? There is always voter fraud. It's the question of how much voter fraud. Here's what I can say that is factual as a journalist, and that is that uh, Trump's people told him that he lost the election. Um... And um, he wanted, being a narcissist, he didn't want to be embarrassed in public. So he wasn't going to admit it. That's an emotional reaction mm-hmm. from an immature person. Mm-hmm. My my phrase, the petulant child. But The really, opposite
0: would have been Hillary Clinton having a breakdown when she lost she, the it's previous the one. Thing. She
1: didn't appear in public it's, for three it's, days. It's the same yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. we have seen that woman who... That crazy woman who ran for governor of Georgia, I I won the election. This is not unusual, and that's fine. Let them say whatever they want to say. The problem with Trump is that he did things to try to stay in power that were hugely inappropriate. Number one, he lied to all of us. I won the election, and I'm going to prove it. And he hired uh, lawyers like that Sydney woman mm-hmm. and that that. I, I'm not going to name them because... You don't have to. It's okay. Well, I'm not going to name them because I won't get sued. But mm-hmm. uh, he hired lawyers that lied. And, and, and he picked up the phone and he called the governor, Brian Kemp, in Georgia and said, can you find me the votes? This is manipulation. He's going to go... I mean, he could really go to jail for the things that he did. This mm-hmm. is not a joke. These are... While it's completely unfair that Trump is getting prosecuted and... All Other others. people like Hunter Biden, yeah, well, whatever. Well, Hunter's, Hunter's going to get it, but let's oh, yeah. talk about, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, people like Hillary who did really bad things. She didn't get prosecuted. It's wholly unfair, no question about it. But the fact that he's that it's unfair does not mean that he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I read, I've been a reporter as you know a long time. I have covered dozens and dozens of federal cases. Um The government wins 98 point something percent of the time. Um, Only 2% of the cases go to trial and they win 98% of those. So I have read charging documents in, I can't even tell you how many cases, dozens and dozens of cases. Never have I seen a charging document as detailed as the one that surrounds the, the, Uh, paper, uh, the paperwork in, in Miralago, never have I seen anything. And you read it and you, oh my God, you know, this is, they, they're proving it in the charging documents. And, uh, and they did that because they're trying, they want to, they want ultimately to have a challenge on how the presidential papers act applies. So there's a lot of legal stuff going on. He's not going to win this. Mm-hmm. There's 37 counts. He all the, he has to lose is one, mm-hmm. and he's ineligible. So Trump wants to delay it, and and let's let's take that other scenario. Let's say he delays all this stuff. He gets the nomination and and he wins. Not going to happen. And he pardons himself from all that stuff. He <laughs> would have presidential to, pardon to yourself, but okay. it's totally yeah. legal in the United States. He can do that. So the first thing that's going to happen is by February 15th. He's going to be impeached on all of those charges. Yeah. And by June, he's not going to be the president. Right. So that's
0: something the United States can have afford to happen.
1: We, we,
0: internal ruckus.
1: We can't. And we, the drama is, we need to be done with this drama. We mm-hmm. need to have a president who is thoughtful, uh, who is for America above himself.
0: A little gravitas.
1: Um, I think. I'm very much a fan of Governor DeSantis. I think what he's done, if you look at what he did in Florida, Trump says, oh, he couldn't have won without me, and all that crap that's coming out of Trump's mouth. But if you look at what DeSantis did, he narrowly won his first election as governor, and he won by 20 points his election the second time with Democrats, Independents, and Republicans, And there were more Democrats than Republicans at that time in Florida. Now it's more Republicans. And um, that's an amazing thing. And that's how he, that's the kind of governing that we need in the United States.
0: But given all that, because I keep coming back to, you know, can elections be stolen? I mean, this is, it's a concern in Israel also about, you know, a lot of this. It's frightening because we're so proud to be living in democracy. Don't
1: you vote by paper?
0: Yes, we do velvet paper, but, you know, boxes have had disappeared. But
1: themselves. you're not going to disappear so many boxes
0: right.
1: in so many areas right. that it... No,
0: Israel has different issues than the United States. Not less serious, but, but definitely different. No. But we'll talk about Israel another time. I wanted this show really to focus on your expertise, which is what's happening here in America and if the people are really speaking at this point because, you know, we, we, one of the issues that I see... I see it especially among Jews, but not only is, we tend to be very disciplined and very compliant with the governments. We try. We try and be good citizens. I mean, that's what, look, there's just a very thin veneer of civilization. Are we kidding ourselves? You know, which has fallen apart. Like in California, you can just go in and steal and you can do this and that. I mean, most people are probably not going to behave well unless they feel they're going to get punished for it. So there's this kind of agreement, I think, in society that to make it work, we're going to stop at the red. And we're not going to steal. You know, those are the things that keep so society going. Religious... So this starts falling apart, not even on a religious level. Although I do believe that the Torah played a, a massive role in for sure back in the day in the Western... development of that kind of culture. You can't just do what you want. You know. So
1: I think I think you're you're right. So in California, we have a law that says if you steal under nine hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> it's a misdemeanor. And uh, you know, m- many people you can see on TV. I see it. You know, I was types. just in
0: Manhattan. Saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. The underwear is under lock and key at Target. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be kidding.
1: You can see people walk into a store, yeah, yeah, steal yeah. steaks and walk out. No one's going to stop them. And the reason no one's going to stop them is because if you stop them, you get arrested
0: right. or killed. Like Four who killed. wants to do that? It's not my wheelhouse. And so I'm out. it's you know so the, this is this is what's frightening me. So that's on a, a minor scale, if you will, even though it's not that minor. when you take it to a bigger level, like talking about. You know, lockdowns of
1: societies no, no, and vaccines. I mean, this like, is a micro a macro. level here. This goes to rape. This goes to breaking into houses. This yeah. goes to <clears throat> lawlessness on every level, and we are seeing that growing in all of the cities in the United States. In fact, I, I think I mentioned to you yesterday. It's like you know those Mad Max movies. Yeah. We're going there. It's it's heading in that direction. And certainly in the United States and certainly all over the European Union.
0: So what I'm saying is that little lawlessness, if you will, which is not so little the day to day, is being mirrored to some degree by the governments. And they're getting away with really big things like us, a lot of us having something in our body that maybe didn't need to be there because we were told that you couldn't move, couldn't go anywhere unless you took this vaccine, so it's like a, a zoom in and a zoom out, and I think that that's re- being reflected in how people are behaving. Like, can, who can you trust? What so is you, going you, on?
1: Let's take it bigger than vaccine. Let's take it to cultural levels. Okay, so now we're teaching woke, yeah, for lack of a better word, woke stuff in public schools in all of the blue states and many of the red states because you can't control the crap teachers. And you're, you are... Forget the universities. Well, I mean, look what, look what's happened. You know, those of us that were uh, growing up in the late, um, how many minutes do we have left? Oh, I see. Um, that were growing up in the late 60s, we, we started this. And now what's happened is we've had three successive generations of, n- no pun intended, progressively more progressive Educators, because you get a progressive educator, and then his get,
0: students are his more even more are. progressive. And, and so on, now on, we
1: on, have on. outright Marxism, right. uh, cultural Marxism being taught, and that's that's what we're being taught. They're being taught what to think, not how to think. I'm sure that's a little bit too trite to say, but it's true.
0: No, no, I think that's ex- nailed it.
1: And and because of that, that's what the government is doing. It's not just the war on our our physical body with that. I think you that's a nice symptom, but I, the bigger thing is the cultural war. We're being taught not how to think mm-hmm. instead of how to think. I have employees in the Philippines who know how to think. It's very hard in America to find people under 40 or 50 that know how to think. I don't wanna hire people under 40. That's not gonna happen. I'm just mm. not doing it. And if somebody comes to me, I have an MBA from Yale, I Goodbye. kick them out the door. <laughs> Um, On the other hand, you know, DeSantis is old enough and some of the people over 40, you know, they're old enough that they have dealt with that, they're objective, they're, you know, and it's the same thing that goes to journalism. It's the same point I made earlier about journalism. You have to think about what you're reading. Don't just agree or disagree. This guy's a crackpot. This guy's not a crackpot. Look at the point and see if the point is made in a way that there are facts facts. Did Mm -hmm. I say the word facts Mm -hmm. behind it? I think that facts cannot be manipulated. Opinions can be manipulated. Facts are important. And the order the facts come can be changed. The facts that you omit are important. And so this this questioning mind that we have to have in order to be objective people is is really important. So I know we're coming to an end. What I'm going to tell you is the first question you asked. I think it's going to be a race between we're five months out, so I could be completely wrong. But uh, I think the way things are shaping up right now, it's going to be a race between uh, DeSantis on the right and Newsom or somebody like Mm -hmm. Newsom on the left. Uh, It does make a big difference what happens in the world because we are at a crossroads with Iran. We're at a crossroads with Taiwan. We're at a crossroads with the dollar, and either we're going to go into a runaway inflation, or we're not immediately. Um, There's
0: always natural disasters, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes, all that kind of stuff, hurricanes that nobody can predict that you know can set the whole thing on its ear too.
1: So I think the last word I would like to say is two words that my friend Shmuel uses. I'm waiting.
0: And I can't help but think with all of this and you're talking about people arguing the points, the brilliance of Judaism, where at least it used to be all about the argument. The Gemara, the you know, all of that was arguing the points and the minority opinions got written down like the majority opinions. They taught That's hugely important. It taught us how to think.
1: Because of the arguing.
0: Yes. All, um, joking aside, all joking aside. joking aside. It's a hugely important thing that, to that not is, be that complacent. And to you think. know,
1: I see the Chabad school that we have mm-hmm. here the little teeny Chabad school and what those kids are learning versus what they're learning in public school, a world of difference. Wow, amazing.
0: Okay, I could talk to you for hours, but I know that you've got a Zoom call to make and I need to get the show back into Israel. Dale, thank you so much, you. always, also for your hospitality and for the, for the event that you put together tonight and just for your very honest approach. And I think that, I know I appreciate it and I'm sure that my listeners did as well.
1: My pleasure. And thank you for everything that you do for our people.
0: Okay, everybody, Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Thanks to Tabitha and to all of you. And I will be back next week. Take care, everybody. Goodbye for now.